in a world where everyone is looking for your money up front, doesn't it just make sense to check out a podcast that's looking to give you something for free? Like the music for your content and free music for your film and videos? Look no further. It's the Tim Kulig Free Music Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Ah, setting up your home studio. It takes time to get it just right, but it's so worth it in the end. As a composer who's been working in digital music production for over 25 years now, I've tried all sorts of equipment and have finally settled, (laughs) I think, on a setup that works smoothly for me. Today, we're going to talk about my current setup, workflows, and what I use to make all the music and sounds I create. First up, the foundation of any good home studio is your digital audio workstation. And for that, I have to recommend Logic Pro. I've been using this Apple product for almost 20 years now, and it's the most robust and versatile software on the market for the price point, in my opinion. The software costs $200 from the App Store, and it's worth every penny. I've used Pro Tools and other DAWs or DAWs, which stands for Digital Audio Workstations, and none of them really seem to have the ease of use or feel as Logic does. Logic just has the best balance of power and usability, in my opinion. The built-in instruments, effects, and loops make it easy to sketch out ideas quickly, and you can delve deep into sophisticated production techniques like automation and sidechaining when you're ready to polish a track. It's optimized to work seamlessly with Mac hardware, too. Now, when it comes to instruments and sounds, you've got a few options these days. Back when I started out, we were limited to whatever synthesizers and samplers we could afford to buy. The reason for this is that you were limited to MIDI note information in the software and needed the hardware to emulate the sound. (laughs) In fact, there was literally a keyboard company called EMU with a keyboard called the Emulator. This was the pre-digital audio workstation days and the software would record mini note events and then trigger those notes on the keyboards and playback. You'd need a setup to capture that performance afterwards outside the computer hardware, and it was cumbersome to say the least. Plus, you needed all those physical keyboards or racks to get all the sounds you wanted, and usually a very complex MIDI setup to trigger everything. Now, software instrument technology has advanced to the point where a good virtual instrument library can rival hardware, and it takes up zero space in your, in your studio. I'm personally a fan of Native Instruments Complete Bundle for getting a huge range of quality pianos, orchestral instruments, guitars, and so much more. Then you can always expand into individual third-party synths and drum machines as your needs demand. Oh, and don't forget to stock up on VST effects plugins. You can never have too many ways to mangle your sounds. While we're at it, let's talk a little bit about MIDI. What is MIDI? Well, MIDI is an acronym, and it stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface. And it's a standardization practice that was adopted in the early 80s for the way instruments communicated note and event information to a computer to record musical performances digitally. Today, DAWs record MIDI information still from software instruments much in the way they did back in the 80s in what's referred to as a piano roll style. This graph that's produced 
allows a composer to go in and adjust note lengths, starting points, automations, and anything else associated with the note on and off information. Older setups with MIDI required a MIDI converter device for your computer, usually with an in and an out cord with one or several keyboards chained together so that all of their signals could reach the computer and, inversely, the signals could come back and trigger the keyboards on playback. You are limited to the keyboard and software's polyphony, which is a fancy word for how many notes can be played at once. Many keyboards in the 80s were limited to four or maybe eight notes maximum played simultaneously. This created a requirement of multiple keyboards for bigger productions, but it also meant the more notes played and more instruments in your setup, the more chance you can experience latency in your recording or playback. Too many instruments would bog down the signal path and slow the recording or playback to a noticeable lag, and it was frustrating. In some cases, pitch bending or mod wheel note manipulation and the whole setup would come to a screeching halt, or the system would flat out crash. I'm so happy for the newer systems out today, like Logic Pro. Of course, you still need the right computer and audio interface to handle all that processing power. I'd recommend getting the best Mac you can afford. For Logic and most virtual instruments, more RAM and CPU cores will definitely translate into better performance. I'm currently running an iStudio with an M1 chip that has a monstrous amount of RAM. The processor cores total, I think, 64 with 32 virtual cores. It's a monster. See, the thing is, since I run most exclusively software instruments, I need to process a lot of data quickly, and some of the virtual instruments I use are serious memory hogs. Lores and Thrill from Native Instruments, for example, are mind-bogglingly huge memory hogs, so I like me some excess RAM and processing power. Also, make sure you have plenty of storage. My virtual instrument library is about four to five terabytes of data. My song catalog so far is about three terabytes. I have backup drives for both, so I have somewhere in the ballpark of 20 terabytes of storage that's in addition to the internal storage of my computer. And all of it's solid state, so no slow access times. When looking for an audio interface, Focus on one with good analog to digital conversion quality and low latency monitoring. I'm currently using a two mic line input digital audio converter by Native Instruments, which has been rock solid. This is for all your analog recording, i.e. electric guitar, vocals, mic to instruments of any kind. Keyboards and MIDI triggers. There are tons of ways you can trigger software synths in your computer. Built into Logic is an on-screen piano keyboard that's playable with the keyboard in the iMac or MacBook you're recording with. This is great in a pinch, but doesn't feel very natural, and it can become cumbersome to use and produce the notes you're trying to play in a performance. Companies like Native Instruments and M-Audio make controllers that have no sound or sound patch information, but function like a keyboard to capture your performance. They usually have touch sensitivity, mod and pitch bend wheels, foot, sw foot switch inputs like sustain, and in some cases, 
there's an interface that allows you to select the patches you want to play in the digital audio workstation you're running. Native Instruments has a seamless connection with its hardware and digital audio workstations like Logic Pro. There's also non-traditional controllers like Rolly Seaboard, a non-traditional keyboard instrument with numerous ways to bend and blend and move notes to create expressive performances. There are also countless devices that allow you to trigger the patch you are trying to play in ways that don't even look like a musical instrument. I'll likely delve into some of these alternative MIDI event capturing devices on a future podcast. Mics, chairs, and monitors. Now, let's discuss studio monitors. This is an area where you should not scrimp on costs. A good pair of reference monitors is essential for mixing and mastering your music properly. For an ideal balance of accuracy and affordability, I recommend Mackie HR824 MKIs and a Klipsch R120SW subwoofer. The setup combined will set you back about 2K, but the sound quality increase is unmistakable. Make sure you treat your room with bass traps and panels to reduce unwanted reflections when you can, keeping items off of your speakers so you don't get any vibrational artifacts while you're playing and editing too. You should also have varying quality headphones and earbuds for listening both in studio and out and about. One thing I love to do is throw draft tracks up in a folder on my Google Drive and listen to the music out on a run or a bike ride, or even in my car. This gives me and the music uninterrupted time to reflect on my work, and it's a great way to hear what it will sound like out of the studio and on the streaming platforms and websites. When it comes to microphones, you've got endless options these days. For recording vocals and acoustic instruments, I'd recommend an iSure SM7B for more warmth. If you choose a condenser mic, they require phantom power, so make sure your interface supplies that. Beyond that, you'll want a variety of microphone types. Small and large diaphragm condensers, dynamic mics, ribbon mics, to capture sounds like drums, guitars, pianos, and other instruments. Do some research on the best mics for your particular needs. Companies like Shure, Newman, and AKG make fabulous mics. Don't neglect ergonomics either. Get yourself a nice chair and desk setup so you can work for long periods without strain. Sitting correctly helps you focus and create. I have a Herman Miller chair that, although a little bit expensive, is incredibly ergonomic and comfortable to sit long hours in without your spine or your butt falling asleep hurting. Finally, think about the vibe of your space. Decorate it with some artwork plants to liven up the vibe. Add lamps and lighting options to set the mood. A home studio should inspire creativity and be a place that you want to spend time in. Whew! I know it's a lot to digest. Setting up your studio is a big investment, but done properly, it can last you for many years of productive music making. Take your time acquiring quality gear. Learn it inside and out and your home studio will be a compositional oasis. Let me know if you have any other questions. I'm always happy to chat studio gear with a fellow musician. 
you can reach out to me at timkuligfreemusic at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to the Tim Kulig Free Music Podcast, our fourth installment. Happy creating, happy composing, and we'll see you next time.